everyone. I'm Adam Hergenrother, joined by Hallie Warner, my chief of staff. Welcome to this edition of Business Meets Spirituality, where we believe in personal growth through business success. Today, we're going to talk about why people get derailed from their schedules or why they can't stay consistent over time on um, what's most important. One of the concepts that we've introduced, and, and frankly, where this comes from is over the last week or so, we've had a lot of people, um, you know, kind of in the first quarter of this year, kind of falling off a little bit of their habits, if you will, and trying to say, well, what's, I'm being derailed, I'm kind of being pulled off focus. And so we've had a lot of kind of refocusing people um, in our in our organization and outside of that in terms of what matters most. The way I like to say this is your day should be done by 11 or 12, right? Like your day should be done. You should be able to hit 11 o'clock and go, my day is done. Now, the essence of saying that doesn't mean that like you literally are just done. What means is that the most important thing, what matters the most given where you're at, given the situation, the reality that you're facing is done before that time. And so what just, I want you to hear that because it, it's not just in business and businesses is we're going to focus on that today, but it's also in every category. I look at this as like, what's most important spiritually? What's most important physically? What's most important uh, with my family? What's most important in my business? That's why we give you to noon, right? I mean, because if you can literally say at noon or 11 or whatever time makes sense for you that my day is done, then you can then take and just do whatever else you need to do. I was actually having a conversation this morning with one of my leaders and I said, look, I don't need you to be focused all day. And they're like, what? I said, I don't. I don't want you to even be focused all day. In fact, I said, that's overachiever. That'd be, you'd be going way overboard if you did that. I just want you focused to noon and then go be unfocused. Then go be unfocused. The really interesting part about this is if you can hold it together for a period of time, these small actions, that consistency over intensity will amplify your life in your business. It's like, it would be like if you're trying to grow your fingernails out, but every day you cut them, <laughs> like you're not going to grow them out. And the only way your fingernails grow, the only way your business grows or that you personally grow through these things is that you're willing to do the activities that need to get done. Not what your mind tells you it needs to be done or not that what your mind is telling you, you should be able to do, or you shouldn't have to do not that conversation. If you listen to that voice, it's going to always tell you and try to make you more comfortable. So the reason why you have a schedule is because you gain some clarity. Maybe you did a meditation. Maybe you just did a run. Maybe you're just in a very clear spot and you go, oh, okay, I know what I need to do tomorrow. Actually, when I was talking to our leadership team, I said, you guys don't even need me to tell you what is most important for you to do in the morning. And you don't need me. If you're listening to this, you actually don't need me to even tell you what's most important. You already know what it is. The example that I love to use is like if I gave you all is $10 billion robot that did everything that you needed to in the business section before noon, what would you tell it to do? And literally everyone goes, well, I know exactly what I would tell it to do. <laughs> so it's not a question of whether or not we actually know what to do. So then the, the underlying question goes, why don't we do it? <laughs> right? I mean, isn't that really the, the crux of this? Everyone knows what to do to a certain extent, right? Now, there's tactics that help and there's techniques that are going to certainly help influence all those. And maybe that is what you do. If you don't know something, then reading that becomes your one thing to do to learn it, right? That can be the technique, right? That becomes the most important thing. You know, Warren Buffett, before he ever did any trade ever, he literally read Robert Graham's book. I forget the name of it, right? He read Robert Graham's book 10 times before he ever did one trade. And I don't know if anybody's ever opened that book up, but it's literally like reading the dictionary. <laughs> it's that thick and it literally 
is like I, I it's, it's Robert Graham's book. I, I have it on there. I've tried to get through like more than like more than like three sentences, and it's just very difficult. Um, so, anyways, he read it ten times before he actually did one trade. The whole point of that is that was his one thing to do before he moved on to the next one thing. So when people hear about the most important thing you need to do, it doesn't mean that becomes the only thing you do the rest of your life. It means that today where I'm at in my business, in my health, in my spirituality, in my relationships, I know what I need to do. And that will evolve over time. That's the purpose of personal growth is as you grow personally, you then change your activity to reflect where you're at in any one of those categories. So what derails people, right? Well, people get stuck because when they come into a situation, they have all the intentions to do it. And then somebody takes their time or they get caught up in the mind. And really what happens when you get caught up in their mind is that voice inside your head starts telling you what you should do, what you could do to get distracted or what not to do. I consider myself a very disciplined person and not because I am better than anybody. Understand that. The only reason why I feel that I can do something is because when I make a decision to do it, I don't allow that voice to derail me because that's really what happens. The reason why you say you want a a $10 billion robot to do it is because there's no voice in there telling them, having preferences of what they should be doing or where they should not be doing or what they shouldn't be doing. And so when you just make a decision and you use your willpower, that's what that is. You use that willpower. You, you give it everything you have. And the question becomes is, is we all know that if we have something that we need to be doing and we don't do it, but if the, if the reward was large enough and we knew the reward was there, we would do it, right? So you can use the classic example of saying, hey, you know what you need to do for the next 30 days? Great. What is that? Okay, awesome. So if you do that, I'll give you a million dollars. Most people would find a way to stay consistent with that. So it's not a matter of can you do it. That's the distinction. We like to rationalize in our mind and, and <laughs> because if we, when we start to do something and then we don't do it, what happens is we then start going to our mind and going, well, I don't really need to do that. Well, you know what? It's actually not me, Hallie. It's actually them. You know what? And something should have unfolded. This person derailed me. Actually, the company should be doing that for me and they're not. And so then you start going down this whole road and it's never you because your mind's job is to keep you comfortable. And so when you start realizing that it's not, it's, it's not you, you get caught up in your mind telling you why everything else should be a certain way instead of actually just doing it. Can we back up for a second? Yes, back up. <laughs> so I know we've on the podcast before talked a little bit about the discipline equals freedom concept. And we've talked about how you time block your life or you work in bursts. You make sure you do the most important thing first. Um, you, you schedule out your day so that you know what you're supposed to be doing, when you're supposed to be doing it. All of those things, your calendar, not, not just your calendar, my calendar, everyone's calendars are perfect, scheduled. We get that concept. We know that in order to get our, to hit our goals, we need to be disciplined, structured, organized. I'm sure most of the people listening to this podcast have a decent calendar and have all of these things outlined. And then what you're saying is people are writing it down, but then just not following through. Yeah. It's like, you know, goals are ubiquitous, right? My six-year-old comes back with goals. Everyone has goals and people are, are mistaking goals for execution. And so I, right. we, we've yeah. said this in our organization a lot and it's an ethos that we live by, which the new goal is execution. Right. And then we know, we know we should be doing that. I know that I should be doing that. I have goals. I know exactly what I should do every day in order to do that, mm-hmm. to, to hit my goal but I don't and, and always yes. depends on what it is. Yeah. When you really, when, when somebody wants to do something, they do it. 
Like you think about if you're listening to this right now, think about a time in your life that you want to go on a date with somebody or you wanted to get a certain vacation and you do it and that was just out of reach, but there you found a way to do it. So you're getting in like enough leverage on yourself mm -hmm. in order to take those actions. Yeah. How do you do that every day with the the things that you don't want to do? I know. I want to work at the root of the problem here. Yeah. So because I want to talk at a, at a different level. I want people to hear this. So what happens though, the reason why people don't do this, it's not that they can't. I just, hopefully we can establish right. that, right? Like everybody can do anything. We're not asking you to lift 5,000 pounds. I could have run five miles this morning. Yes, you could have. I did not. Yes. Why? Well, because you allowed your mind to take over the conversation. That's the fundamental thing. If you actually get that, then you do it. So let's just talk about that for a second. So if I ask somebody on this call or, or on the call on the podcast to listen to say, count to 10 with your mind right now, count to 10. Everyone can count to 10 in your mind. One, two, three, you can count to 10, right? Who counted the 10, right? Who you used your willpower to have the mind count to 10. Now, just to give you another illustration, take the first three numbers, one, two, three, and put them up on a board in your head. You can see them. So, you know, with you, you don't know who you are, but you know that you're aware of your being. You know that you're here, right? You don't know what it is because you can't intellectualize it. You can't see it. You can't feel it. You can't use your senses. You know you're there. You're just aware of that. You just, you, who literally just used you to count and you used your mind to count to 10. That's a tool. It's a talking head. It's a computer. It is like a car, right? Your mind is no different than a car. The difference is you just can't see it. You don't walk around saying, I'm my car, right? People walk around and say, I'm my mind. There's no difference. That's what people do. So what happens is you're back here and you count to 10, you can see it. You know you can make it count and you know you can see, okay? So what happens is, is when you set up a goal to run five miles in the morning, you get up five miles are there for you to take, but your mind, all, then what happens, you start, your mind starts going, well, I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then you are no longer in control. You're no longer living the calendar that you set out. You're living mind. You're living what the mind then describes to you as what it thinks that should be done. It's almost as if your car was self-driving and came over and said, I know where we're going, get in. <laughs> so if my mind talked me out of not doing the five mile run, what part of me would have told me to do the run? Your wisdom thinking. There's two different things. That's an awesome question. This is a deep. Remember, it's not your mind that talked you out of it. You gave your willpower and your attention to the thinking of the mind. It's like you gave all your attention to a car. You gave all your attention to the thinking, the thoughts that were there. The thoughts then took you away. It was never the thinking themselves, just like a car can never drive unless you get in it. When you become and start driving the thoughts, the thoughts will take you away. That's what happens with people. They say, I don't really feel like doing it. Who doesn't feel like doing it? Your mind doesn't feel like doing it. It's not you, right? It's, it's literally like you get in a car and you're driving. I hope you're in control. It's literally, most people are going around the world. They're going, okay, I'm going to go hundred. I'm going to put it on a cruise and I'm going to get in the back seat. That's how they live their life because the car, the mind is driving everything for them. And that's why people get derailed. It's not you can't. It's not like we're asking things to do it. So what happens is, is, go ahead. But didn't my mind set the goal? If my mind set the goal, mm -hmm. my mind can, I can pay attention to my thoughts and it can talk me out of it. Again, what part can actually keep, makes me stay? Let me ask you a question. On the, on the, on the goal. Did you intentionally use your mind to set the goal? Yes. Did you intentionally use your mind to talk you out of the goal? No. Exactly. That's the difference. 
There is a major difference there. It's called wisdom thinking or willful thoughts, which is exactly how you're supposed to use your mind. Look, use your mind. People, when, I, when they hear me say this, they instantly go, well, I'm not, not going to use my mind, right? Yeah. You and I have gone to these arguments a lot. Like, yeah. it's not that. It's not that you're, it's like you have a computer. You don't, the computer doesn't run your life, but you use your computer to email, to do this podcast, to do everything. It's an amazing tool. You should use it. Same thing with your mind. It's just a tool. It's just like your car. The reason why I use a car, I understand it's not your car. So right? do, I use, do I use my mind to keep me on track then? I guess that's what I'm trying to figure yes, out. Yes, you do. You use it and you use techniques, everything you can to do it. So the technique for running is you put your shoes right there. You get up and your mind starts talking you out of it. You say, shut up mind. I'm going to do this. Actually, one of my, one of our CEOs this morning, I said, she was struggling. She was been off, off base. And I said, you text me tomorrow morning when, um, when you're done working out because you've been off workouts for a little while. She goes, well, every time I get up, my mind just talks me out of it. And I go, yeah, your mind talks you out of it. I said, tell your mind to shut up. They texted me this morning and go, I used your words. I told them to shut up and look, I'm here at the gym. <laughs> it's that. So your mind is designed to use for wisdom thinking. The problem is 90% of people's thoughts, they didn't come, they didn't willfully use those. They just showed up. <laughs> it's like, I love, if you go count to a hundred and you have like two or three minutes, go count to a hundred. Feel the just watch how many thoughts are just trying to jump into your own consciousness. And what happens is then you take that willpower, who you are, and you put your energy on the counting to a hundred. Even though all these things are showing up next to it, it's like it's trying to push and try to get in there. You're still using your willpower to count to a hundred until you get to like 60 or 70 or 20, wherever you are. And then all of a sudden you're lost. And then you, then you realize you just got lost in your thinking. Your mind just took you away again. And now you're, all you did is you who's in there, your consciousness, then just became attracted to the thought, just like you became the car and you're gone. People just can't separate it because they think their mind is them. That's not true. So we can use our mind for good or, well, okay, we, I know we're not supposed to have preferences here. You can have preferences. I'm not going to deny you on preferences. We can it's use a, our mind to either talk us out of it or talk us into it. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Well, the thing is, or you can do a third, which okay. is really where you can use your, the technique would be that I use my mind to talk me into it. hundred percent. Use it. Right. I used it for a long, long time. I still use it to this day. The third though, is that you just don't pay attention to the mind. This is the root of everything. It still goes on. It's still talking. You just don't pay attention to it. You just don't pay attention. When you just don't pay attention, I know this is the, this is, I'm just we, like, then how do you know what to Hallie, do you just, with your life? How do you know what, to, what decisions to make or where to go or you just define spirituality. Yeah. That's you just defined mindfulness, by the way, people use that word mindfulness. They have no, they have no business even using that word. I don't mean it like that. They just, they don't know what it means. Mindful, mindfulness just means I'm mindful that I'm here, that I'm not my mind. But pe- and it just means that I'm present. The only way you can be present is if you're not being taken by your mind. <laughs> and so when people are using the word be here now, <laughs> mindfulness, that all these words people like to use, they're throwing them out there, but they don't understand the meaning of them. At least, at least I hope they do. And all that means is that you're not taken away by this abstract, complex system called your thinking that you didn't give your conscience over to. It's literally, there's no difference. I want people to understand this. There's no difference between you giving yourself over to the car and saying, I'm my car. I'm my car. You don't ever say, I'm my car. By the way, even your hand. When's the last time you said, you know, you cut your hand and go, I cut my hand. I, who's I? Who's I? Like I, you, you, people, everything you even say in life is just, you're, you know this intellectually. But then when we, when we're trained so much from early, early ages, 
So here's, if you want to even go in a little deeper, here's why we start to do this is because from the early parts of our experiences, when a positive experiences, let me just give you this example, right? This, I've heard this many times by very powerful individuals. A rattlesnake experience is different than a butterfly experience. Let me just slow this down for somebody. So you, Hallie, have a have an experience where you see a rattlesnake. You're sitting in a chair or in a, on a, in a desert and a rattlesnake comes up. You're like, oh my God, there's a rattlesnake experience. And then it goes away, right? Instead of just allowing, while the experience is happening, you may feel fear. You may feel all the things that happen during the experience, 100%. But let it go. Are you saying that instead of saying, I am feel I feel afraid, versus I am fear. Is that what you're saying? I love the question. It's close. What you're saying is you just get to experience it. So let me just explain. So in the rattlesnake experience, you have this and the rattlesnake comes in there and it, wow, I fear. Look at that. Wow. My heart changed. My, my energy is going up. There's a rattlesnake right there. And then it goes away. This is gone. It lasts for a minute. Then a butterfly comes down. And you're like, oh, a butterfly just landed on me. Oh, this is amazing. It lasted for a minute and it's gone. What you just did right there, two experiences changed your entire life change your entire life. Your psyche or your ego or your mind goes, I didn't like the rattlesnake. I liked the butterfly experience. So then your mind goes, oh, so I know what Howie likes. And then the mind spends its entire life trying to give you the butterfly experience. This is what it's meant at the deepest level of preference. Not preference of your clothes, not preference of your house, not preference of which route you take. This deep word of preference is what it means. Because now your psyche, your ego, your mind has now chosen what it prefers. There's both a minute. Now your entire life, if you have that experience in that you don't like a rattlesnake, every time you see a rope, you're thinking it's a rattlesnake. Somebody comes in, they're like, oh, I have a snake in my house. I'm not going to their house. Your entire life now from two two-minute events have been changed. So mindfulness just means that I wake up and go, I saw a rattlesnake. I felt fear. It's gone. <laughs> People get divorced. You didn't get divorced. My partner's going to be who has been there. They're going to be at a party. I'm not going to the party. <laughs> You're not divorced. So you just like not, you don't attach yourself to the experience. Yes, that's called good or yes. bad. Yes, that's the deep root of preference work. And in some scaras is what they're called, which is just a stored energy pattern. So all of your life, you start storing energy patterns. You either push them away naturally. I don't like, like you don't tell yourself, I don't like that experience. It just naturally, you just go, wow, that's a different experience. I don't like the way this feels. Right, you feel differently. Right? And you feel differently. I'm just going to naturally push this one away instead of allowing the actual experience just to happen. And then in the positive one, you're like, wow, I really like this. This butterfly is really cool. Let me take that one in. Let me hold on to it. That's both experiences are the exact same. Exact same. All you've done now is now stored this energy pattern that's in a circle, which is why circle is the most powerful, yin and the yang, the moon, the sun, all the elements that are one of the most powerful, the earth, right? They're all circles because that's where energy can stay still yet keep moving. That's why we store them in our bodies. Now, your mind, think about the billions of now experiences that you've had in your entire life and you go to your mind to tell you what you like and your mind's dictating this. So bring this full circle back to each morning when you wake up, your mind goes, you know what? I didn't like the experience of having to get up early. And so I'm going to talk Hallie out of it. And then all of a sudden you go, but I like the f feeling of sleeping in. 
Or I like the feeling of jumping into work. Yes, that's what I'm I know. Yeah. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I like the feeling of getting on my phone and working harder because it, it's it's a great identity for me. I, I can do this. We jump into this. Easy. It's easy. It's comfortable. We all go to those places. And that's what your mind just gets reinforced over and over. It's just you're creating this massive stream in your neural pathway that just says, I get good feelings from doing this and I get bad feelings from doing this. That is preference, by the way. And ultimately, is that why people don't actually follow the structure or schedule that they've set out for themselves? 100%. constantly saying, I don't like how that feels. Don't want to get uncomfortable. This is more comfortable. Yeah. And it's not even them saying it. The mind is saying it and then they're attaching themselves to the mind. That's the root of all of this. You said there, there's, there's, and, and you, by the way, use all techniques, use affirmations. Like, I, I mean, use all of those things to help you. <laughs> they're there. They're tools designed to help you use them. But at the, at the, at the root of all of this, when you get to a certain place, you realize you can just get behind all of it. And then it doesn't mean it doesn't show up. You just watch it. So there, when you, when you get up and your mind starts going, for me, for instance, this morning, four o'clock in the morning, my alarm clock goes off, right? I didn't, the first thing that went on in my head in my mind's like, man, you're tired. I'm not kidding you. After years of doing this, my mind is so tired. And the thought came up. I didn't electrify the thought and go, yeah, right. You got plenty of time. You don't start this podcast recording until nine. You can sleep in a little bit. Man, you stayed up late last night helping out doing these things. Man, your mind will convince you in a heartbeat if you allow it to take you there. So do you have to tell that, tell your mind to shut up at this point or do you just, does it kind of just drift away and you get right into action? Well, in the beginning, you're going to you're going to use a lot of affirmations. You're going to use a ton. You're going to have to use them. You're just going to do everything. You, I don't care whatever work type guy, like if whatever works for you, you put your shoes there, you wake up and you tell your mind to shut up. You wake up and you just say, you know, screw you. I'm not listening to you and get it. Whatever makes you get up and do that. What, what do you do now? I just don't think about it. I don't allow the thought to actually grab anything. And so, for instance, I'll give you this example. Like when that, my mind came up in this, the morning, the thought instantly came up. Typically, somebody's mind, they would go like this. You're in here sleeping. Well, sleeping is an interesting thing. But you're in here, right? You're in here and you get up and you want to get up early and you want to go exercise. Within seconds, your mind goes, don't exercise. And you're going, yeah, I don't need to exercise. I don't need to exercise. I just exercise tomorrow. I'll, I'll do it later on today. I'm just going to do it. I got a bunch of this stuff to do. I got to get in here. A family reunion is coming up. I got to get all this stuff. I have this crunch time. I got to do all these different things. We got to get in here. I got to get up. I got to walk the dog. I got to do these different things. I got to get ready. How am I going to be there? It's, it's like nine o'clock. And then you're so caught up in your mind. Well, that, that's exactly what my mind does. I know. But I'm trying to understand what your so, mind does. So I, I'm, I'm telling you, that's what the typical mind will do. And it just gets so caught up. And now you're living mind 11 layers deep here as if people can see me in the podcast, I'm stretching out here, like as if you can see me, it's kind of funny. So like, for instance, my mind, when as soon as that comes up, the mind goes, oh, you don't sleep in. I just let it, the thought go. You don't I'm, even have to tell it anything else. The thought still shows point. up for me. It's not like they go away. The thought comes up and I just go, there's the thought again. <laughs> Look at it, trying to convince me to stay back. So you're just really, it's that subject object relationship. You're just kind of like looking at the thought. It's just like, oh, there's my car. Not attaching, there's a thought. Attaching to there's it. a tree. There's my hand. And sometimes it's so funny. Like I'll just look at my, my body and be like, oh my God, I have this body. I know it's weird. But like you just look at it and you start <laughs> laughing that you have these hands. Like you're in here. Just wow, look at this. It's crazy. Yes. And just, you just detach yourself. If That's why I use the car as an example. It's just that simple, but it's really hard. It's just that simple. It's like, there's the car. There's a thought. Every time you think that you're, there's a thought, there's a car. Am I the car? No. Am I the thought? No. 
but everyone's walking around not being mindful. That's why mindfulness be here now. That's why breathing techniques are the whole reason, like go to your breath. Everyone's using that. Like it's a great technique. Use it. I use it. Just meditation, all these things. All of these techniques are trying to do is to strengthen your ability to stay seated when the mind wants to take you another place. That is witness consciousness. It's just, that's a big word. But that's what it is. All of these techniques are designing to strengthen your ability to stay seated. And all stay seated means is exactly what we just described, which means that I'm here, I see the thought, I don't become it. So. Thought comes up, boom, it's gone. Then what part of us as human beings, spiritual beings, spiritual beings, what part of us then is making choices? Well, most of us are living the life thinking we're making choices, but the reality is our mind is making the choice. How do we know the difference? You know the difference. It's like, do you know the difference if somebody's holding onto your arm or not? Yes. Is there a pull? You know, once you get the little bit of awareness, it's that clear. You know, if somebody's grabbing your arm or somebody's not grabbing your arm, you know the difference right away. It's the same thing. If you're being taken by your thoughts that are unwillfully coming in there, that's not you. Well, then I can't help but wonder if that's why when we put out these really beautiful schedules and then we don't do them, is it because really, really deep down, we actually don't want those things, but it's our mind or it's society or whatever telling us that we want those things. But really, if we were really truthful with ourselves, we don't actually want them, which is part of the reason why we're not doing them. It's 100%, Allie. That's actually a very profound statement to say, because that's the 100% truth. It's never, you're not doing, and people say, man, I've got to be a mother. I've got to be this employee. I've got to be this athlete. That's not you at all. Or, you're even, the, or sometimes even you think that's what you Yes. It's you are the want. one who's listening to the mind create the identity of those three people. When people really un- get that and understand that, if you're listening to this and you can just have a tiny bit of awareness around that, it's over for you. Meaning in a good way. Because now, that's why techniques are great to keep in there, but man, once you just have a sliver of understanding that, just the smallest insight, even for a moment, it'll take you the rest of your life. Now, you just, it never ends. But man, it's all needs is that one wedge to get in there for one moment and it takes you and you go, that's it. It's just, it's not this mind. It's not, you just go, oh, there it is. Which is why this conversation even exists today because so many more people are realizing that I don't need to live in a cave to actually experience this. I can actually go build a business. So then it comes back to you. Then people go, well, I'm just going to sit at home and do it. No, 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 no. When you're not living your mind, go build your business. Go become a billion dollar company. Go have a Lambo. Go have a jet. Go hire people. It's not, then it no longer, you're not doing it to be fed from the outside. You're being fed inside. Then that enthusiasm comes up to express in the business world. And then I, and again, can't help but think then that part is, it's natural, it's easy, it's effortless because it's just so in alignment with what yes. you, there's no, resi- there's no resistance anymore. There's not that resistance of, I don't want to do it, or I need to be so disciplined and call on my willpower. They're just, you're just living. That's exactly. You're, you're just being. <laughs> That's exactly no right. And it doesn't mean there's not events that we call problems. It doesn't mean that lawsuits don't not show up. It doesn't mean that people don't leave your company. It doesn't mean any of that. It doesn't mean people don't die around you. It doesn't mean people don't come into your company. It doesn't mean you don't make money. It's nothing to do with that. You just become better at being a business person. You become better at being in the activity of being in business. You become better at being in deep and meaningful relationships. Because it's no longer... See, it's, it's another way to think about this just to understand it from a strapped view and you can use this instantly. 
a lot of people think they're listening to somebody. They're really not. And when I first heard this, I was like, man, that just like shook chills. Like you can just feel the difference there. A lot of people are listening to your, when somebody's talking, you're listening to your mind interpret what somebody is saying to you based on the mind's preferences on the experiences that you have had instead of separating the mind and actually being in the experience of the conversation. When people talk about the depth of experience, that's what it refers to. It just means that most people live this life where they have an event and then their mind and that's what they see. They're seeing the mind. It's actually because they're so caught up. It's like you literally are the car. You're not the car. It's literally you're not the mind. But people are living the mind and they think that's the experience. But it's not. And so when people have the experience, they're actually listening. Think about this. Next time somebody's talking, are you listening to the person? And you may be, you may be doing this already in different conversations. It doesn't mean you don't, just don't ever do this. But just be aware of this. A lot of times when we're listening to somebody, we're actually listening to the mind. It's the same thing when we're, when we're, listen, when we're, when we're, when we're trying to create an identity, we're actually listening to the mind create the identity based on what it thinks that's going to make us comfortable. I, th- I think this is what you're saying. This is where it shows up for me is um, like when I'm listening to a podcast, I was just listening to one on my way here today. And as I'm listening to the podcast, I'm actually having this whole internal dialogue yes. while I'm listening to the podcast of yes. what... Um, how does that apply to my life? Should I go have that conversation with my husband? Should, um, you know, oh, I wonder how I can email the podcast host. Like all of those, is that what you're saying? Yes, that's 100%. All of those things are happening as I'm listening yes. to the information. Yes. You're actually, you're, you're listening. You, who the one's listening, is listening to the mind talk instead of listening to the actual words. Then when you hear the Wait, words. Can it, can it be both? Well, you, you'll come in, you'll have the wisdom thinking, like you'll be able to use it. You'll be able to retain information. It doesn't mean that you do, you forget experiences. You remember all the experiences, or good or bad, or conversations. Or, it's got nothing. People think like, what am I saying? Like, it's not going to remember experiences. No, you're going to remember if somebody beat you. You're going to remember if somebody gave you a million dollars. You're going to remember all those things. It just means that they're not running your life. I think about all, like you drove by and you probably saw a tree. The tree didn't last for you forever. You just, the tree's there. I saw the tree. You can still remember the tree. It just didn't become you. You just didn't now all of a sudden make all your decisions based on the tree. Or the, when I slowed it down and gave the two examples, if you had no experiences and you were a blank pond and you had a rattlesnake and a butterfly, now your entire life is shaped on living the experience that you preferred. That's what preferences mean. Preferences aren't like, what dinner do I have tonight, right? That's, that's, that's superficial preferences. And that's just that go have any of those you want. It's not what we're talking about. I still have questions about the conversation and the mind yes. thing. So I, I kind of, I get what you're saying there because I've experienced it particularly with podcasts, less so on one-on-one conversations, I think, but definitely when you're like listening yeah. to a, a book or a podcast and, but I, I guess I don't understand what's the alternative. You getting behind it all. The alternative is just listening and having no thoughts while you're listening. Yeah. You, or you, when the thought comes up, it doesn't mean the thoughts won't come up. You just don't pay attention to them. Same thing. It's the same principle. And then, and what, why wouldn't we want to pay attention to them? Because you're paying attention to the person in front of you. If you're paying attention to your mind, you can't pay attention to the person in front of you. Then you're no longer in reality. You're in your mind. When the podcast is done or the conversation is done, you then willfully say, let me use my mind to create the best strategy based on what I just learned. But if somebody's talking and your mind is talking, you're no longer listening to the person. It's, you do this right. all the time driving. Well, yeah. And I was going to say, that's the, that's that, I can't remember what book it's from, but 
that whole concept of, or it's not even a book, it's like a quote, that whole concept of a lot of people um, are listening to people just in order to know how, what to respond. It's the exact same thing. Or whatever that, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. And those are all techniques. Yeah. I just wanted to, to approach this from a completely different angle and show you, show people really the root of all of this. And that's why, then that's why they don't actually follow through with their schedules. Whereas when you stop listening to your mind, your mind can't take you anywhere. So that's the whole thing. I've said this before. I've taught this. It's like when you're playing tug of war with a football team, Michael Singer actually gave me this example, right? When you're playing tug of war with a football team and the, there's 20 people over there and you have your hands on the rope and the rope is pulling you and you're sitting there trying to pull and you're like, I, and you're just trying to get home and you're like, I can't get home. I can't let go of the rope. The rope's pulling me. And you're sitting there going like, um, I can't let go. You try all these different techniques. You change your footing. You're trying to pull. You can't pull the team. You can't get home until somebody walks up and just says, Hallie, let go of the rope. You're like, well, I can't let go of the rope. I let go of the rope. I'll be pulled. No, the mind can't pull you anywhere if you're not holding on to it. It would be like literally imagine just a car just driving around randomly and it throws you in it and you just don't even know where you're going. So when we bring this back to your calendar and to your schedule, the, the ultimate reason why people aren't doing this is because they're allowing their mind to dictate what they like and dislike instead of just saying, here's what I'm committed to doing. Now use every technique that you can to stay committed to that. Over time as you work on this, it'll take years. As you do this, you'll ultimately start falling back and the mind just becomes more translucent. Meaning the thoughts that are there that just show up, like go count to 100 and see how long you can get before all these things want to show up and bubble up and come up there. The reason why it's doing that is only because it's trying to get rid of all the things that you've stored. It's trying to actually purge itself. Yet it comes up as a thought and we go, oh, that must be it. Oh man, I just I must be doing that over there. Instead of having a mind that's like a chalkboard that then you can do long division on, technically. Like you could have seven numbers up there multiplied by seven numbers and you can see it in your mind because it's no longer caught in everything else trying to pull you in different directions. That's then you can use all that energy of trying to hold those things down or keep it in there is not allowing you to use your energy and your willpower to say no to other things to stay consistent with what really matters which is, again, you lay out your calendar and if physical is working out and then you're coming in there and you know talking to the top leaders in my organization every single day is your most important thing to do, do it. Or if lead generation is your most important thing to do every day, you just do it. You don't, you don't people say don't think about it, right? People say that, just do it. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. They're just not really even sure what that means, but that's what they're saying is don't think about it means don't become your mind because you'll never win. Yeah, and the only thing I would add to that is also just, because we were talking about this before we got on the podcast, just getting so really just being like honest with yourself about what you're even putting on mm-hmm. that calendar. Yes. Um, because it's, it's so easy to say, don't think about it and just do it. But are you really, are, who are you doing all that, those things for? Yes. Are, are they really even the things that you want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Do they even really align with who you are, where you want to go? Yeah. I think people are, are as honest with themselves about what they want and then what they're actually willing to do. Which is to get there. Which is why they want the this yearning for authenticity. And what they're saying is, is they don't know why they want a yearning for authenticity and they don't know how to get it. And this is the answer. It's to let go of your mind. Then you who you are just gets to show up and experience this. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like if you're dealing with the worst problem in front of you, at least you're dealing with a problem and not stuck in Saturn. <laughs> you're still experiencing this cool thing. So when you when you 
rational, when you put all this together, right, you use all the techniques, where to start, right? Like, where do you start this process? And, you know, you listen to this, you think, I get it. And then all of a sudden your mind's creeping in. Just all I want you to really do is just start being aware. Just watch your mind and then go back to it. Use the technique that whatever it is that you're doing. In Ironman racing, when you get to like the mile 20, right, of the marathon part of it, yeah, my mind's going, every part of me says, stop, 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 stop. And I just go, I can get the next mile. I'm going to stop the next mile. And of course, once you get the next mile, I can go, I can go another mile. So you then you up living your, or can you not have thoughts for five minutes, right? Or can you just not listen to your thought for five minutes, not your rest of your life. And then just, can you do it for another five? And can you do another five? That's small actions lead to it. So start somewhere small. You know, you can even start like if the weather is pissing you off. It's like, why is it raining on my weekend? It has nothing to do with you. <laughs> it's just raining. I love the rain. Switch it. One of the things that I've actually, a technique that I've really been using uh, lately is, Anytime something comes in that says, I, I know you know it's your ego or that you know it's that personal mind or that psyche of saying, oh man, you should do that. And I go, no, I don't want that. I don't want that. And it's almost like you just trick your mind. The mind doesn't know. It doesn't matter. That's why, have you ever had a, a really huge opinion on something and then all of a sudden like a week later, somebody you trust or somebody says something that's completely contradictory and your mind goes, oh yeah, they're right all along. <laughs> it switches in a dime. It doesn't care. It's not supporting you. Imagine if we took all the things that it said and we wrote it out on a piece of paper for a day and we said, would you hang out with this person? <laughs> would you hang out with this person? No, you wouldn't. So why you hang out with them now? You don't need to. You're there. So start small. So when you, like, like you said, Hallie, find something, one thing that you can do. Like maybe it's getting up five minutes early and just having five minutes of, I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with love. I'm filled with passion. I'm filled with energy. I'm filled with money. I'm filled with service. I am free of hatred. I am free of anger. I am free of negativity. I'm free of jealousy. I'm free of unworthiness. I'm filled with love. I'm filled with joy. I'm filled with positivity. I'm free of hatred. You don't have to memorize them. Just whatever comes to them, just do that. If you do that for two minutes every morning, you're on your way. Two minutes every morning. All you're doing is you're just starting to get yourself into a rhythm of this stuff. And then, so how do you stick to your schedule? Well, it's first understanding all of this. You become aware of this. And then as you start to build this habit, it becomes easier and easier. And then when somebody looks at your life and go, wow, you're really disciplined, you go, really? I don't feel it because all I'm doing, I'm just doing what I need to do. And then you use your willpower to create the emotional resilience to all this. this is why I love physical fitness so much is because the more you can push yourself through the physical fitness part of it, you're actually strengthening your ability to stay seated when the mind wants to take you. So that's why every part of life gives you this opportunity to strengthen where you're at. That's why meditation's big. It's just meditation every day is just a reminder. You do it for three minutes in the morning, three minutes in the morning, just remind you like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> you're in there. So all you're doing is reminding yourself of that and that'll take you everywhere you need to go. I promise you that'll take you where you need to go. So tomorrow, what I want you to do is when you're listening to this, there's always going to be a tomorrow. I want you to just take one thing that is going to be your thing that you do before noon. So when you get to noon, you can say my day is done. When you, whatever that is, if that's a run, if that's a business perspective, if that's a conversation in a relationship you need to have, just write it down. One thing. Just one. I don't even want, don't be an overachiever. Don't put two. Don't put three like you think you're going to go conquer the world because then you just don't do them, Hallie. So find one and just do it. Just watch how the mind says don't do it. Just watch that as you just put something in your life. Your mind tries to take you from that. Don't allow it to. Let go of the rope and do it. That in itself will put you on your path. 
Before I sign off here, folks, I want to let you know about an awesome program I'm offering right now. It's called Project U, and look, it's a year-long, full immersion training for leaders and high achievers. In it, I lead a small group of people, just like you, through life-changing experiences designed to help you lead yourself and your business to a higher level. Enrollment is open for a short period of time before the program kicks off in March of 2020. Head over to adamhergenrother.com, that's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R, or shoot us an email at hello at adamhergenrother.com for more details. And remember, never give up on joy.